Welcome, welcome, welcome. This might be a podcast. We've gotten some great feedback on the last few episodes. The Mike Park episode was a big one for us. And thanks again, Mike, for being on. You said you weren't a podcast guy, but maybe you're listening now, maybe. Maybe I'll have him on again sometime. I have a feeling that I may. Uh, Just two nights ago, I recorded an episode with... Adam Gorin, a.k.a. Adam and his package, about the song See the Constellation. That one will be out next week, probably Wednesday. And as you're hearing this, tonight I will be recording an episode on She's an Angel with Francis Quinlan of Hopalong, a very cool, very cool up-and-coming indie indie punk pop indie pop band i don't know they've kind of morphed through their uh three records they are pretty pretty damn cool so i'm excited for that one expect that in a couple weeks as well as something i've been sitting on for quite a while due to the pile of recordings and just the demand to be on this show it's been overwhelming so thank you everybody uh for your interest in the show both in listening and uh being a guest on it my spreadsheet of songs is just uh super Filling up super, super quick, um, and they've got a lot of songs, so it's going to take me a while to get through those, both uh, in recording and then in editing. I've taken on some um, help. Mr. John Walker edited half of the Fingertips episode, so if you checked out that Fingertips episode, he took a big weight of that three-hour and 20-minute episode when all totaled. He took about half that off my hands, so that was much appreciated because that was a big job. Even though no one called me in the April Fool's joke, I guess you guys really took me for my word that it's song by song podcast, so everything is catching on fire. Sure, it gets its own episode. Uh, Tom and I thought it was pretty ridiculous, as you can tell listening through those, how we got uh, downright delirious over the two sessions it took to record that. But thanks to everyone for listening through that. Uh, if you go to the Patreon, uh, you can find it in two sections instead of a dozen or whatever ended up being. Uh, if you join up even at the $2 level, you can listen to that in two um, big chunks because one was uh, too many megabytes for Patreon to handle on their player. Uh, regarding the Mike Park episode, I got tagged in a post uh, just the other day. A guy named Colin Clive started this podcast to hear what Mike Park had to say about the mighty They Might Be Giants, and now I'm hooked on my third episode, Playing Out of Order, currently listening to Hutch Harris from The Thermals talking about Dead off the fantastic album Flood. Great podcast. And like Colin Clive, that name sounds familiar. He is uh, the guitarist of Mustard Plug, the veteran ska band from Grand Rapids, Michigan. I think I've yet to tell them that uh, they were a part of the uh, my other podcast's Ska Tournament two years ago. We had a March Madness bracket style of uh, Midwest Ska bands, and, and Mustard Plug, of course, were a part of that. 
the whole thing ended up being won by Slapstick. Um, and Brendan Kelly was then on the show. So anyway, just a little Best Midwestern plug. So thanks, Colin. And Colin is now signed up to do an episode. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, also, since I've recorded the last mailbag, I recorded part of an episode with John Darneal of the Mountain Goats. Uh, due to some minor tech issues and his kids having to go to bed, uh, we didn't get all the way through the Apartment 4 episode, so we'll finish that up at some point. He's a very busy man, uh, so look for that coming down the pike, hopefully not too long from now. Uh, got an email from, I'm, I think you pronounce it Scoby. He has a little star and what looks like a Bluetooth logo. I don't know. A pretty young man, I, I think, that, that has found me on Twitter, sent an email, and he said, have something to eat, you deserve it, with a picture of, it's not delivery, it's DiGiorno, a rising crust pepperoni pizza. And I was like, okay, thanks, man. If there's a They Might Be Giants joke here, I'm not getting it. And he said, no, it's just a pizza. Thanks, uh, Scobie, I believe his name might be Lex. Lex Luthor? Not sure. Uh, and we got a message... From good friend John Leonard. John Leonard uh, will be appearing on the Museum of Idiots episode. Probably uh, in a few weeks will be coming out. He's recorded that a while ago. Uh, he sent a message about um, everything right is wrong again. He says, I used to use the song to remember the word incumbent in government class in high school. Weasel over incumbent, but not before the damage done. <laughs> I sent him a message. I said, weasel over incumbent. Like, did you know that wasn't the lyrics, though? Because weasel overcome, but not before the damage done. I said, yeah, it was more of a memorizing placeholder. <laughs> I love these interesting little personal anecdotes about they might be giant stuff. It's, uh, it's fun to hear about those. Uh, and then for fingertips, he said, the day that love came to play was in my favorite clip from the Your Man, Now Dog website along with a clip from news radio called Bill Dance. He says, so imagine that love that came to play 60s music over this dance. And we've got some nice uh, reviews on iTunes. It'd be great if you give us a five-star review over at iTunes and wherever else they let you rate us. Uh, and there's one regarding fingertips. It's titled Tom Dunford by someone named... Uh, uh, rock open, roke open, roco pen, something. Really enjoyed the episodes with Tom Dunford from the Boston area. Keep them on. You guys have a great rapport. And I'd like to think that uh, Tom wrote that himself because that would be hilarious. <laughs> Tom, was that you? <laughs> and we got another one from uh, <laughs> Huffing Dry Paint Cans. Great podcast. If you're a fan of They Might Be Giants, then you will certainly enjoy this podcast. It is great to hear people talk about what they love about this band. Every episode gets better and better. If you are a fan of They Might Be Giants, sit back and listen. And if you are not, then you really need to think about the choices you've made in your life. I would agree with that sentiment. So let's end on that, and let's go to Averin Keating and myself talking about the song Sleep. Each Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song-by-song song podcast about the greatest band of all time. That's right, I'm talking about They Might Be Giants. 
here I've got Averin Keating to talk about the song Sleep off the album Nanobots. How's it going, Averin? It's it's going all right. How are you? I'm great. I'm just so high on life right now with the how, the way the podcast is going. I'm having so much fun. So I'm glad you could join in on it. Yeah, I, I was thrilled. As soon as I, I was talking to my partner about it, uh, he was like, why didn't you make that podcast? And I was thinking about it, and I was like, I'm shocked that this podcast had not been made earlier, to be honest. They, yeah, you know, I was inspired by uh, a few. Uh, have you have you come across any other song by song podcasts? Because there are a few for other bands. I weren't. I think in a previous episode you were talking about the yeah. dueling Blink One Eighty Two <laughs> podcasts. Uh, well, well, I mean the the Blink One Fifty Five Blink has one hundred and fifty five songs, and they are so they are halfway done already. I have like. I have yet to come up with a concrete total, but I've got like 700 songs. So <laughs> uh, maybe I can complete this before I die. You know, if I keep going at this clip, I think I can do it. <laughs> You're going to get to like the Turtles of North America song episode and just be like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I am a little worried that I'm going to be left with like uh, 30 kids songs at the end of it because people are starting to pick the kids songs but they aren't being snapped up as quick. I mean, you've seen the spreadsheet. Um, the the kids choices on the kids ones are fewer and farther between. And then the more recent albums, I've been starting to find people on the miscellaneous T group and Twitter who are down with like everything and are picking the newer songs. Um, but a lot of people that I've talked to that I was like, oh yeah, you like they might be giants, right? And they're like, oh yeah, I love them. But I stopped listening to them in like 1999 or whatever, you know. Mm. So um, that's why I had to start digging, and like the conversations on Twitter have been getting uh, have been really cool because people are so much more responsive than on like Facebook. Like I post something on the, you know, this this might be a podcast Facebook group, and it gets like two likes and like no one comments on it. But then I post like the same thing on Twitter. And it gets like a bunch of likes and a bunch of people are commenting and starts a whole conversation. So I think uh, it's going on over there. Uh, the Facebook, the miscellaneous tea group, that's where it's going on on Facebook. And that's where I found a lot of uh, my guests coming up. Cause the only ones that have aired thus far at the time of us recording this have been people I know IRL. <laughs> <laughs> right you know so it's pretty cool um the guy that did black ops was actually the first person i in uh, that i had on that i had not met in person so that was kind of fun there's there's a weird al song by song podcast that one uh has potential mm-hmm. the you know and it depends on the host a lot too and maybe i'm a bad host we have gotten a one-star review on itunes oh <laughs> oh it was because I said something bad about one of the covers on the Dr. Worm episode. Your cover um, critiques are harsh, dude. <laughs> they are. Like, as a, as a very beginning piano player, uh-huh. um, listening to you guys just take apart covers has, like, crushed my soul. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's w- funny. One of the most yeah. passive-aggressive, like, deri- like brute things you guys said was, like, it's not a cover. It's just someone singing while playing the chords. And I was like, holy shit. 
<laughs> I think, you know, I think that was Matt because he was like, he wasn't as easily impressed by someone just strumming along and singing. And I think that was fine. Like, I pick out covers that I like. The only cover I've played on any of the episodes that I didn't like was that Dr. Worm one. Um, and that was on like an officially released compilation that Hello Radio one. And it was more just like Kara and I, because my wife was on the Dr. Worm one. And. I hadn't like fully dug through all the covers. And so like, we're like live on mic, you know, as live as you can be on a podcast. Not like, Ooh, I found one. I forgot there was one on this compilation. Let's listen to it. And then we're like, ew. Yeah. That one, <laughs> like they, that one was real lazy. It yeah. It was like a studio version, but right. also lazy. It was like, how do you do that? See, that's, that's the biggest problem I had with it. Like if it was just some like, 14 year old in their bedroom and they're like hey i just learned this and they play i'd be like oh that's cute but it's like it's on an official comp it's like do you really like they might be giants couldn't you have like worked on that a little more for the most part it's like i'd be like oh i picked the this ukulele one ukulele is a little out of tune but it was really good and then match is like it was okay (laughs) i'm like i really liked your voice i'm like i liked your voice a lot he's like that's all right (laughs) but he he is like (laughs) He's actually a full-time musician, so he plays a lot of shows. He does a ton of originals. I mean, I played one of his originals on there, and he does a ton of covers. So he is like a professional at covering songs. So when he heard just like someone strum and play, he's like, yeah, it's all right. I mean, you heard our... That makes sense. I mean, you heard our Otto Valor Dr. Worm cover. I mean, we spent a shitload of time on that. Yeah, and it was really good. Thank you. You're just blowing smoke at my ass on the host, aren't you? <laughs> definitely. That's the only reason why I definitely didn't uh, listen to it like a bunch of times because it was awesome. But you know, the the one song by song podcast that is better than even this one is uh, <laughs> I only listen to the Mountain Goats. Are you familiar with the Mountain Goats? I have been listening to uh, dance music. Over and over and over again. And I think that's become my gateway drug to the Mountain Goats because i that's the only song yeah. I've heard. Did you hear our cover of it? Because we no. covered that. On the same covers album as Dr. Worm, we covered dance music. So go and check it out. We got, it's got, we added drums, uh, saxophones, and it's, uh, yeah, so go check that out. <laughs> that's yeah. funny that you mentioned that one because that is one of my favorites. But the reason that one's so cool is that John Darneal, Mountain Goat himself, he is on the podcast and it's Merge Records approved. And they have, they commissioned covers basically. So there's like Craig Finn from the Hold Steady. There's Julian Coster from Neutral Milk Hotel covering the Lord Jane Grace from Against Me covers Best Ever Death Metal Band out of Denton. And they put out a double vinyl. It, so this is like, it's a song by song podcast that it has the songwriter on it with the host. So, and they're like my, Mountain Goats are my second favorite band. So that was pretty cool. You should check are that out. Are you in that uh that very niche they might be Mountain Goats Giants meme Facebook group? What? It's like a Facebook group devoted to fans of the Mountain Goats and they might be giants and they just what? talk shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, how is that uh, it's is like there really that much crossover? Might, they mountain be goats meme <laughs> or something like that. Okay, let me look. They. <laughs> I God, I hope none of this is on the actual podcast. Because <laughs> oh, we'll see what I edit out. Um, 
Cast the Mountain Goats on Law and Order SVU. <laughs> That's a page. Uh, Where is this? Uh, you'll have to send it to me later. Mountain Goat shit posting. I'll join that. Yeah. It, it's like a, it's a, a shit post group of They Might Be Giants and the Mountain Goats combined. That's insane. Yes. Wow. Yeah, John Darnell is one of my favorite people to hear, like, stage banter and stuff. So to hear him talk about... The whole first season is all about All Hail West Texas, which is my favorite album of theirs, uh, with with um, um, Sunset Tree probably second. But So they talk about every song on that album, and then they're supposed to be coming out with a new season. I don't know when that's going to be. So should we talk about They Might Be Giants or something? Right. Yeah, let's do that. I guess. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. So you're sending me a link to the groove. Okay, so let's t- let's not talk about them. Let's talk about memes. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> when when podcasts talk about memes, a visual gag, it doesn't it doesn't translate so well. Uh, so let's move yeah. along. <laughs> All right. Now we'll get to uh, the actual song "Sleep" in a second. Let's talk about your history with "They Might Be Giants." When did you first hear the band or become aware of the band? And uh, just give us a little background on that, like what year, how old you were, that kind of thing, what song or album you heard. How'd you get to know? Yeah. Um, In high school, my best friend, Pearl, was very into the band. Um, She was one of these people, I don't remember how, I think she came across them on Napster uh, she she found like Birdhouse in Your Soul or something on Napster as a child and like fell in love with them. And then when she and I became best friends in high school, she played them constantly and I hated them. Really? <laughs> I hated them. Yeah, I couldn't stand their voices. Um, I was I was at the time I was really into like serious white boy plaid wearing kind of music like modest mouse and stuff and uh oh well that modest mouse is great too they are great like i still like them but i had i had no time for silliness and i think the first song she played for me was stalk of wheat (laughs) that's not a good first one i was just i love that song i I do now yeah (laughs) i was like what the fuck is this (laughs) This isn't oh. talking about my angst. I'm I'm not into this. So <laughs> I was trying to get my friends to do that one at a, a open mic. Actually, Matt, who was on the Alienation episode, we talked about how we covered some stuff, uh, and then he moved out of town. Uh, but that one would be so great to have, like, you know, a lead and some backup singers. I went for a walk on a sock on a sock. <laughs> Be but so I couldn't convince fun. him to do it because it's not a hit. It's buried so deep on the spine. It's so good though. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so 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 this is so. What years are we talking? We're talking about like turn of the century, right? Uh, I was. This is probably around two thousand seven. Uh, oh, say. okay. Because you were talking yeah. about Napster, but she got into them through Napster. Yeah, when she was a Napster child. was sh- all right because Napster was shut down in like oh three or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then this was a little bit after. Yeah. All right. So, um, yes. Uh, around yeah. 2007, I'd say, is when I first heard them and like knew who they were. I had heard them like in their subliminal television appearances and didn't know who they were, but you know. Sure. Um, 
And I think it was the song that turned me was like a, a Flansburg work song. I think it was um, it was either Minimum Wage or something else. <laughs> where i heard it i thought you didn't like the silly stuff that one's uh i i, I grew up really fast <laughs> uh, i think like uh after our house foreclosed and i was uh this is like right around the the 2008 financial crash uh i i uh started listening to to things that were more absurd i guess um and I heard minimum wage and I was like, this is fucking hysterical. And then I think I also <laughs> had a thing for what's that blue thing doing here. <laughs> yeah. Fingertips. Um, yeah. I, I appreciated fingertips. And then I think from there it went to hearing aid and then I was just, I was all in. So okay. I didn't yeah. do, I didn't do the like tiny tunes route that a lot of people <laughs> seem to have done. Well, you're a little younger than, uh, Seems like the Tiny Toons thing, most of us are mid-30s. I mean, a lot of the people that I've interviewed, like I said, were people, friends I knew in real life. So I'm interviewing all these people that are around my age and, you know, all grew up on Animaniacs and Tiny Toons. I mean, I did too. I'm 28, so I, I grew up oh, okay. with it as You're well. But I just uh, didn't, like, it. I don't remember that episode. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just don't remember it. Yeah, yeah, it it definitely made an impression on me. But since it wasn't like they might be giants plastered on the screen, I just didn't. It, I didn't put two and two together until I actually a friend got me into them maybe four years after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Apollo eighteen was the first album that I heard thanks to a friend, and it will probably always be my favorite because of that. Do you have a favorite album? Could you pick? I honestly really like. I like fun. Yeah, I th- I think that might be my favorite right now. Um, it's really good. That's what a true fan would say. <laughs> one one of the newest albums is the best albums. Well, I mean, you're like, supposed I think to about say it. my murdered remains. No, I'm just <laughs> I like my murdered remains, but I think yeah. um, I like fun has stronger songwriting in it. I think. Um, well, I think the, part of it is and. If I get the Johns, if I get them, you know, I want to talk about, like, when were the songs written? Like, were they really writing, writing, writing throughout 2018? Because obviously I Like Fun Stuff was written in 2017. But what about all the Murdered Remains stuff? Like, how much of it was just parsed out? Because, you know, they're just writing constantly. Like, how do they decide what ones, like, are on I Like Fun? Because I bet some of the Murdered Remains ones were already written back then. You know, so it's like... Yeah, it is a very strong um, set. I like finding a very strong set of songs, and it is amazing. And it was my number one album of the year. Go figure. And but my murdered remains is like it's got like you know the white album situation. You know, like any double album. You know, they call the second CD a bonus disc or whatever, but it's essentially you know it's thirty two songs, and they're the best ones are sprinkled throughout. So it's a little more of a. Um, you got to give it more time, I think. Well, I like fun was like instantly. You're like, oh yeah, this is a good, this is a good album. Yeah, I think. Um, what is that song? Um, space. Oh, ampersand. I've been listening to ampersand nonstop. I think it's just, it's yeah, it's the kind of sweetness I just really need right now. I think. <laughs> yeah, that one specifically, Kara uh, picked uh, too. She's um, 
her car only has a CD player, so it gives me an excuse to still buy CDs. And so I got, well, they didn't even put that up on streaming anyway, but so I bought the CD and it's been in her car and she was like, oh, I really, really like that ampersand one. And I'm like, yeah, it's called ampersand. You know, she'll just let it play like a million times. And she's like, yeah, I really like the way Flansburg sings on that. I'm currently addicted to tick, 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 tick. Uh, cause I had someone selected on there. We haven't done the episode yet, but after that person chose it, I'm like, oh yeah, let me remind myself what that one sounds like. And I'm like, yeah. Cause like the song has ticks too. It's like tick, tick. You know? Yeah. It goes yeah. right along with the lyrics. And, and I'm like and a dog. Have, yeah. I was going to say you and a musician have to talk about the, the tones and, and dog. Cause that, that song's fucking brilliant, but I couldn't do it. Justice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's one I would want to, you know, really get it from the source. But I think it's essentially what what I'm guessing is that he's using a, you know, not an acoustic like upright or grand piano. Obviously, he's using a uh, electric um, keyboard piano and it has like a tone wheel or something. So there's there's some pitch modulation going on, like creeping the tone up a little bit throughout it. And then the clarinet. um, I'm a decent clarinetist and the way you hold your mouth on the mouthpiece, if you tighten up on the mouthpiece, you can shift the pitch. Uh, so if you've got the fingering, right, if you just like mash with your mouth on it, you can bend like jazz players will like bend notes. Um, so he's kind of, yeah, he's kind of purposely detuning his instruments throughout the song, which is an awesome, awesome thing. So cool. I love I'm it. Sure, that is not a song for casual fans, though. Like, if you like, stock of weed is one thing, but if you were like, "Hey, have you heard of this band? They might be giants." Put on dog, and they're like, "Ew!" <laughs> they're oh. Like, it's out of tune. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, what's what's wrong with his piano? Something's weird. But he still manages to sing a cool melody over it, which is the wackiest thing. Oh boy. So okay. So anyway, the, f- back the to first sleep. album, yeah. Well, but uh, a little more about your history with the band. So, um, so 2007 was when you really got into them. So that would be the Else. So are you pretty big on the Else? I do like album? the Else. I do like the Else. It's um, a nice angry, angry George W. album. Yeah, it's it's got that. I think I remember someone talking about um, how the Mesopotamians were quote about the Iraq War unquote. And I was like, the f- no, what? And I guess uh, Linnell had said in an interview that the Iraq war in Iraq as a place was in his mind at the time. But yeah, yeah, I read that too. But I think what they were saying is that, um, and I do have my f- a couple of friends scheduled for the Mesopotamians episode, which I'm so glad to talk about that one. But uh, I think what they were meaning by that is just like as a whole you know, your brain's kind of in a dark place. You're like, oh, like the war on terror, blah, blah, blah. Like, why are we, you know, what is wrong with this country? So your art turns a little darker. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. and then Obama gets elected and we get back to happier stuff, you know, and not, you know, and then, and then you do a bunch of kids albums. Let's do some kids albums. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then we get to, to Trump and uh, I like fun we comes get Mrs. out. Mrs. Bluebeard. Is, <laughs> right and even just like spooky stuff like i like fun i mean it's uh i mean they're always dark but yeah. the i like fun does have its own kind of special i wouldn't say it's got the dark like rock elements 
as much as the else had, but it is a weird album. I think I think it encapsulates their entire vibe better than some of the the past albums. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think um, there's something about. I remember when they released Last Wave as a single, and um, it was like right around the time. It was a hard time for me as well, personally. Um, mm-hmm. I was like dealing with my grandpa suddenly dying, and oh. um, I and then Last Wave came out, and I was so happy. I was like, they're finally just like talking about. They're just like being very blunt and not oblique about death. And right, I'm into it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. Just music in general. I mean. I mean, obviously, I'm preaching to the choir with most people I talk to, but I mean, I also, you know, music education is my profession, and I'm so glad that I get to do, I I do music with kids all day, and then I come home, and I'm usually, like, playing guitar or something, or singing to my baby, and then my wife and my baby go to sleep, and then I talk about music on a podcast, (laughs) and music is just, like... Whenever I, have you ever met a person that said when you're like, oh, what kind of music do you listen to? And they're like, I don't really listen to music. You ever met any of those people? I have. It's weird. It's, it's like inhu- inhuman. Like, how do you people through all the history of humankind? Music has been made. Like, what is wrong with you? I, w- I would uh, say the same thing about people who uh, are are have that kind of attitude towards poetry. And I'm like, well, poetry has been around since like you know, humans have been speaking to each other in a constructive I, language. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I think it's a matter of people not understanding poetry. And I, I wouldn't say that I'm um, like, I couldn't rattle off a bunch of like my favorite poets or something other than maybe Pablo Neruda, like stuff that we had. Um, I got really big into them because, well, my wife's a Spanish um, professor and um, we had, one of his poems uh, at our wedding and etc. But I appreciate good poetry and I just listen, you know, it seems like a good segue to talk about your podcast, um, which I just listened to for, what was that noise? <laughs> that was my like, Oh God. Yeah. My, my podcast that I need to record episodes for soon. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's do a little pluggy plug here. Sure. Uh, so yeah. So t- yeah. Tell us about your podcast. I just listened to, uh, the, my very first taste of it t- today. Uh, so tell us about your pod. Yeah. Um, I, I can't, I feel like there's nothing more like 21st century than two podcasters talking to each other about their, about their <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah. So, so I meta. have a, <laughs> I have a podcast. It's um it's called Waves Breaking. Um it's very niche. Um so I talk to other transgender and gender variant poets about their work. Um generally it's about a book or a chapbook or something that they've just released, but um it's it's been going for a couple years. I'm not nearly as prolific as you. Um, so I have about twenty something. I'm just, I'm just an obsessive type. When I, when I get my hooks in something, I don't know, just the way this thing's been steamrolling along, I'm like, keep going. And I keep having people want to be on. So it's like, I have an endless supply of material for you. I mean, it is, I mean, this is a niche podcast, but, but yours, I'd imagine finding, um, 
I mean, so so every every guest on your podcast identifies as trans. Is that that is all? the deal? That is the deal. So yes. So I mean, I'd imagine you know there's a network, but then but then you get into the poet thing. So then it's like I don't know. I mean, do you have trouble finding guests, or is it just you don't have um, the time to to you know pump out a bunch of episodes? It is the latter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, well, that, I, well, that's good. You got you got some guests in the wings, then. Yeah, yeah. I have a couple um, plans. Nice. Um, but I, I think for the first ten or so, I was also editing, and um, I found out that, that is not my uh, cup of tea. <laughs> so now I have it's an editor. It's not the fun part. Oh, that's good. <sighs> and so that that helps out a lot. That reduces the anxiety around the whole thing quite a bit. <laughs> Yeah, the uh the it's the talking to to cool people part is the fun part. <laughs> the uh getting into the waveforms and chopping shit up is the not as fun part, but how many times do I need to remove the ums to make it still uh, seem you know, neutral, but you know, smarter? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about poetry. I'm talking about rock and roll. So, you know, I think think a little more leeway for bullshit. Um, Well, that that reminds me, um, when I was in my undergrad studying poetry, um, one of my professors was talking about Lord Byron and was talking about how the song Hypnotist of Ladies exemplified one of the the ultimate Byronic heroes, which was interesting to me because I always thought that song was about a date rapist. Um, (laughs) But... But my professor, oh, my professor went on to talk about how um, <laughs> the Johns were some of the finest poets of this time. Wow! And I was like, I totally believe that. You're now my favorite professor. Thank you. <laughs> Seriously, I want to go take a class there. Uh, <laughs> that's great. So, so that was like what, totally wait, unexpected. What college? Where'd you go to school? Um, I went to San Francisco State. Oh, nice. Yeah. And you live where in California now? I, I live I in know. Dublin, uh, California. Dublin Island. Yeah, we have shamrocks on the street signs and stuff. It's pretty great. Nice. <laughs> we have a bunch of European ripoff cities in uh, Indiana, but we pronounce all of them wrong. Like instead oh. of Milan, Italy, we have Milan. <laughs> and we have a um, Vincennes and a. And what else? We well, we also have like a Peru, Indiana, a Brazil, Indiana. Like we have all these exotic sounding names for the most boring towns on earth, essentially. Oh, where's Kokomo? I know that's like a Midwest town somewhere, right? Down in Kokomo. Yeah, yeah. uh, Wrong Kokomo. Yes, it is. uh, It's it's north. uh, So I'm I'm northwest of Indianapolis in Lafayette. Um, Purdue University is here. That's where my wife's a professor. Um, sports people would know it, you know. Um, Neil Armstrong actually graduated from here. We have an aeronautics program that's crazy. So we're northwest of Indianapolis, about an hour. Kokomo is northeast from Indianapolis, about an hour. So um, about northern, northern, northeastern part of Indiana. But yeah, it's not anything to write home about. It's not. It, there's no beaches in that Kokomo. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so. Um, uh, so nanobots as an album, mm-hmm. this, you were already, uh, like six years into solid fandom by the time this came out. How did you feel about the album as a 
whole, because this one's kind of a unique one, I feel like, in the, the modern era um, for the sequencing and such. How did you feel about Nanobots as a whole when it first came out? I was, I found it to be extremely, I don't know, there was something really joyful about the album. I remember when I got to um, Circular Karate Chop, and I was just like, <laughs> I, I did this thing, I was like treating myself to listening to this album, so I was just like laying on the couch with my headphones listening to it, because I hadn't done that in such a long time. It's oh, like, It feels almost like indulgent at this point. Um, which is kind of shitty because music to be doing be only one to. thing, doing right. only one thing at a time. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. So I just remember like listening to uh, Circular Karate Chop, and I was just like, "Yes, this is <laughs> this is the sort of like zany but disaffected sort of uh, I guess mood that I really want." Um, so I think as a whole, I really enjoyed that album, especially because they kind of bring fingertips back in a way. They have like yeah. these little nano songs, and um, <laughs> I think the only song that I am not too crazy about on that album is Tesla. But uh, they, it's very informative, though. It is very informative. It's you know, <laughs> it's it it totally makes sense with the rest of their catalog of songs. So, well, what do you think about the My Murdered Remains Tesla? I love it. <laughs> you like? I'm how not they gonna lie. It. I yeah, really yeah. do. Yeah, this is Nanobots is a very good headphones album. Uh, I went on this crazy backwoods camping trip to Quetico in Canada, uh, like a six day trip where like we went way out uh, to where like we didn't see any other humans for like three days. We you couldn't see a telephone pole, and we were out in the middle of nowhere. And this album was just like a year old, I think. And so I had it on a little iPod. It was was an iPod Nano, actually. (laughs) And and I was just jamming on this on headphones in the tent, just like, you know, we're out in the middle of nowhere. So it's like my only technology and uh, music-making device and listening to, like, the twinkly guitars on the title track because it's just like in each ear there's, like, a different twinkly guitar, and I'm just like... Oh, it's so good. And then the battery died and I had no more They Might Be Giants for the rest of the... I just sang Nanobots. I sang Nanobots while I was canoeing uh, to my wife's great annoyance by like the third day. (laughs) As a a dad, how are you feeling about that song? Nanobots? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, To me, that's... I I, I hadn't thought about it in that context. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say to me, that song seems to be a lot about like being a parent well you know then i guess i had a good guest pick it because uh car is going to be on that one <laughs> so uh we'll talk more about that camping trip and me annoying her with it and then we can talk about how our baby is possibly a robot uh, yeah. <laughs> uh so <laughs> sleep is another good headphones one um because the way the song is the panning and I'm just such a dork for this production stuff. Cause I make music and record music where when he sings those harmonies and the gaps, like you've got the lyrics and then you got the gaps and he sings, he harmonizes, Linnell harmonizes with himself. And if I'm remembering correctly, it's just, it's like, instead of both of them just being stacked in the middle, there's one note in each ear. Mm-hmm. So when you're hearing, you're hear the, hearing the harmony as if there's like, a Linnell on each side of you singing in your ear, and it's uh, it's pretty amazing. And then you think, like, <laughs> all right, which which of these voices that I'm hearing is the replicant? Which one's the one 
that is going to be replaced, <laughs> right? Yeah, so let's talk about uh, why you picked this song. Let's get into the nitty-gritty here. Sure. Um, I picked this song because, to me, it feels a lot like it's a, a sort of microcosm for a lot of Linnell's songs as of late. Um, mm-hmm. It carries a lot of the themes that he's been interested in like throughout his career and in terms of impermanence and you know change and feeling upset about that in some form or another um but to me i just whenever i people ask me which song is one of my favorites i always tell them sleep um there's something about it that's quintessentially them in that it's a self-contained song it's um it's strange (laughs) it's also it's kind of funny it's kind of sad um and there's a lot going on in terms of playing with a person's sense of neuroses and also someone's possible actual lived experience in a sci-fi kind of world (laughs) yeah that's uh it's funny bringing up you know, people being neurotic and, uh, cause I just recorded <clears throat> the Australian guy, uh, Maddie that I talked to, we did, uh, you don't like me off of join us, which is just about being totally anxious. And well, our, our interpretation was that this person just doesn't, isn't good at meeting people and they're afraid of people that are different than them. Um, and they can read your mind. Up all these, right, <laughs> right. So yeah, I would, and that being a Linnell song as well. Uh, you're you're definitely on point there. Uh, and I think he probably, in his own life, is uh, probably has some anxiety issues. Maybe. I mean, you know, I think we all I'm not do in, assume. A, in a way. Sure, <laughs> but that's also kind of like the biological, or not biological. That's the sort of biographical reading that they avoid, like the plague, right? Oh, yeah, of you know. course. It's just how they come across. You know, all of us have our... And that's what makes this podcast so fun is that, you know, we'll we'll talk about facts and trivia of the song, but they leave so much open to interpretation by design. Mm-hmm. And even the two Johns, you know, they've got their stage personas and whatnot. We don't really know much of what they're like in their home lives, you know, other than like on Gigantic where you see Linnell pushing his, uh, you know, his little son around you know that's like the that's uh, when i saw that first time I'm like whoa he has a kid like it's like the kind of thing that nobody you know you don't really know those things but it comes across like flansburg is like the boisterous you know guy who's like the business end of it and he's always you know usually talks a little more in the interviews and then you got linnell's a little more soft-spoken in his speaking voice so i mean you can't read too much into that but he definitely is good at writing about uh neurotic characters right. yeah definitely <laughs> so um yeah i think why i like this song so much is it really reminds me of the sense of someone that is constantly being regenerated or reborn you know there's that kind of that that saying that i don't know if it's a, exactly true or not that your your cells get replaced every seven years or something and oh. on on mm-hmm. and this sort of takes that on a much more, I guess it shrinks it down to a micro level where you're, you're looking at how a person changes every single day, not only like physically, but also in terms of 
who they are, like in terms of their personality and uh, that that sense of impermanence and that sort of intrigue into being a replicant of yourself or replacing yourself or the impermanence of your existence mm-hmm. um, is all over nanobots, especially, um, but specifically mm-hmm. in that song. And I guess I kind of have a soft spot for that as a Buddhist and a trans person. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're, yeah, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. It's, um, as a Buddhist, oh, I didn't even think about that. I swear a lot for a Buddhist, but that's a, I'm not a Bodhisattva. <laughs> um, that's funny. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't see that one coming. I did not know that about you. That is very cool. Uh, and it's, what's funny is that it's, for being about neuroses, it's, it's kind of a Zen song to me. Not lyrically, but like, it's a fairly calm song. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got the little, ha, 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 ha. you know, it's mm-hmm. very kind of, ha, 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 very, very gentle. It gets a little more raucous on the, the piano there uh, towards the end. Dun, 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 dun. But to me, it's kind of like, it's not like, ah, like the, the arrangement of it isn't the, it doesn't make me anxious. Like some songs like dog, for example, I could see like making someone a little bit anxious just cause it's like, ah, like this weird uh, unsettling feeling while sleep is not exactly a lullaby, but it's um, it's pretty chill. While the lyrics are the part that are uh, a little worried. <laughs> I think uh, it's it's interesting because the beginning of the song, like the first twenty seconds, <laughs> is is really crunchy to me. It sounds um, uh, kind of like something falling down a, a set of stairs. Um, <laughs> And then when he gets to the morning uh, where there's this person going around drinking all of his stuff, it, it, <laughs> it gets much more smooth. Like there's less jarring back and forth clunkiness. And I think it also just goes yeah, to yeah. two chords at that point. Uh, it does. Yes. I was looking at the chords. Uh huh. So, and, I, oh, go ahead. Well, I think part of what um, that first half of the song. And really, yeah, it's we split it down the middle in twenty second pieces. <laughs> uh, the the first, the first. This is the shortest song I'm talking about so far. The uh, the first part. Um, there's a cool production choice where what I believe is a digital cut. Um, and you've done some editing for your podcast. You know that you typically wouldn't chop off the beginning or end of a waveform. You would because. It sounds right. You you want to you either use fades or you just I mean you wait for the the sound wave to taper off from the person's word. And in singing, you know, there's a taper as well on the release of the note. But in the beginning of this, um, some of the words of the lyrics are chopped a little bit. I'm certain by design, where at the beginning and in the ends, it's like they were trying to like mechanically, like computerized in, in, in the editing process, perfectly fit the Oz and the lyrics each time I, and so they purposely chopped off parts of the beginnings and ends of Linnell's vocals. So you'll hear it like uh, each, he pretty much gets that whole word in there. Time, I, sleep. Like it kind of sounds mm-hmm. like a sleep, I, sad. Like you're missing little bits of the consonants. Uh, which is super cool to me because when I first heard it, I'm like, 
it was jarring to me because I could tell immediately that like something was messed up there with the the edits. It's like in post production they made the song even weirder by chopping off the beginning and end of the word sad. It's like sad. Mm-hmm. Is that? I mean, is that something that people that aren't audio recording nerds notice? Um, I would say I noticed it was abrupt, but I didn't know why or how. So the, your explanation this is my hypothesis. Sense. Yeah, I, I, it makes sense to me. So I'm thinking you're looking at because when someone sings the word "sad," there's a little s that kind of revs up into it. Sad. And then the d at the end of the sad, so you've got the 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 waveform would be small on the s, and then get bigger on the ad, and then the d at the end. So like if you chop the beginning of the s and you chop a little bit of the d at the end instead of sad, you get ad, <laughs> you know. And I love that about it because it sounded chill yet also like mechanically fucked with something about it is this weird juxtaposition it doesn't it, it smooths out once he goes like will be replaced by somebody else like that's when you get yes. the full uh f- i guess the full fragment uh instead of a <laughs> fragment of a fragment um <laughs> yeah you get phrases at least instead of just single words right yeah the piano st- starts like bouncing along there um yeah, there's so many things, uh, like, I want to know how much time they spent, like, in the studio on a song. Like, when they have these songs that are less than a minute long, they're still taking a lot of time to write them, arrange them, record them. Like, when some bands would play, like, an eight-minute song, and really, you know, doesn't take that much longer to record and produce that. Like, there's still as many layers. Uh, it's just very impressive to me that they still... um Love writing short songs. I mean, they could be... I'm talking about Spiraling Shape in two days, which I realize is like the longest They Might Be Giants song it's ever. It's like four minutes or something yeah, like that. It's yeah. almost four and a half, I think. Whoa. Um, I know. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> all right, hippies. All right, hippies, you know. All right. Quit, quit the jam band shit. <laughs> Enough guitar solo. <laughs> yeah, right. and it's not that at all. I just didn't even Silophone. realize... Yeah, yeah, vibes actually. Oh, vibraphone. vibraphone solo. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so this one, there's so much crammed into this little package. So let's get a little bit more into your interpretations um, that you were prepping me for earlier, because you, 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 I think you got more to talk about here as far as the. Um, so we talked about the neuroses and stuff. What what else speaks to you about the lyrics? So you're talking about change. Yeah, I. It's. It feels like the it, he's he's getting at a sen a general sense of dissatisfaction in terms of um, the mundane aspects of everyday life, and in a way he's talking about he he bends it in a way that it becomes like a speculative piece or a sci-fi piece in the sense of because of their back catalog you don't know if it's literally a man being replaced or if it's a, it's a person just changing as we all do. And what I love about this song and so many of their songs is that they're revealing that that kind of dichotomy is false um, in, in their lyrics Hmm. there. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be both. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
<laughs> and they 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 seem to revel in that kind of ambiguity, which I yeah. am. All, I also have a lot of fun with. Um, you For can sure. get to the really bizarre and the really absurd talking about like kissing your wife goodbye, you know. Um. So yeah, right. Yeah, and <laughs> drinking drinking drinks. That's one of the most like boring thing, you know. Like just talking about. Oh, I, then I had a drink. Like, you know, if that's a lyric in a song, it's like, who cares? But in this, it's someone else, his doppelganger essentially is walking around and is like picking up his glasses and drinking from them. Like what, it, you know, is, <laughs> and, and I, I have had a lot of fun with guests uh, so far in this where on the more absurd songs, like for example, I've got a fang that episode two, we're just like, you know, Digging into this would just be so, you'd just have to get so into the weeds to come up with something where, like, it's about a guy with a fang. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, <laughs> he likes but opening cans. <laughs> right, right. Uh, <laughs> and we got to the inspirations of Fang Face and all that kind of stuff. But uh, with this kind of song, it is a little bit more am- ambiguous. Like, he could say, yeah, it's, you know, he actually is being replaced someone exactly like him is kissing his wife and, and thinking the same thoughts. Um, it's, it's a lot like the song, my evil twin really. Yeah. In that way. Um, and we got signed, someone signed up for that yet, but I have not recorded that yet. Um, he's even got a twin like me, (laughs) 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 you know, that's a Flansburg song. This one's a Linnell song, but these, you know, it just occurred to me how these could be kind of like, partner songs it could be but, twins. Uh, yeah but yeah exactly exactly but don't ship in little friend arms and rim shot there uh <laughs> so um so and it's interesting to think about yeah. the uh the protagonist of the song like being sad and jealous of himself like yeah right i think that that's so interesting to think about in terms of feeling like a fear of missing out of yourself tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and also feeling like you're not good enough, which is to me yeah. something I, I get a lot from this song. It's sort of like, I'm being replaced because I'm not enough for this life. And somebody else who's exactly like me, but can actually live this life is going to surpass me the next day. Um, there's really just... Yeah. Depressing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Fascinating to uh, think about. Oh man, I'm I've recorded so many episodes in rapid succession. I'm trying to remember what song I was talking about someone with where they were talking about it's kind of like the fear of I think it's more fathers with sons more than than moms about the dad's fear of like the son eclipsing their accomplishments or some bullshit, you know, male you know, thought process and it it could kind of go along with that, but then, but then, I don't know. Do you get that at all? Is that is that is that off base there for this song? No, I mean not not off base for this song, and I don't think off base for a lot of their songs. Like I Palindrome, I though not about a father, is about like feeling eclipsed by a by an offspring, right? Um, yeah, that was the episode I've recorded. I Palindrome, I, <laughs> and that that's the one. That's it. 
Yes. So, uh, thank you. Yes, you brought up exactly the song. I um, <laughs> and yeah, you talked about that in your. You mentioned that in your notes, but yeah, that that specifically being eclipsed by your your offspring. But then this one at the end, it says when he he's gets happy. up in the morning, he's happy because he took someone else's place. He becomes the replicant. Yeah, or he's one in a long line of replicants. Yes, or 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 clones yeah, it's, or. It's, Whatever. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. And um, so I'm, I mean, I'm, I, I'm a sci-fi fan. I wouldn't say I'm a sci-fi head or anything. You know, I don't get much deeper than like Battlestar Galactica or something. But it sounds like you might be a little bit more into science fiction or just like fantasy stuff. You're talking about uh, the Final Fantasy video games on the episode of the podcast that I listened to. Oh, that and, was... Um, um, the, the person I was interviewing was really into Final Fantasy. I actually don't play video games. I don't okay. read much sci-fi or anything like that. Though I did just read uh, Renee Gladman's Event Factory, which is a really interesting cerebral mm. kind of sci-fi. Um, where Oh, I won't get into that. But anyway, it's super interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, We yeah. never go on tangents on this podcast. Never. Tangent, tangents are not allowed. <laughs> uh so, so yeah, there's just so much here. I'm trying to think if there's, um, let's see if there's anything else in your notes we hadn't touched on yet. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we, we've, we talked about death a little bit, but yeah, is he, I don't know. Is he afraid that he's, it sounds like he's being replaced, but do you think the song is, he's afraid of dying when he's or just being replaced or, or he dies when he's replaced? I don't know. Do you, do you think this one, you think there's much about, it's really about death in this one or just being like uh, overshadowed by some new person? I think that <laughs> it, you could look at it in a, in a sense of like rebirth in a weird way. Uh, uh-huh. But I don't want to get too mystical about they might be giants. Because <laughs> uh, I, I don't think that they're going for anything serious in terms of like reincarnation or something like that. But it's sort of yeah, more yeah. playing with the the idea of a of possibly remembering your past life. Your past life just happens to be yesterday. Right. <laughs> um... <laughs> It's like yeah, I was so, I was Patton. I like, you know, I traveled the fields and as Patton, <laughs> I was definitely a Roman soldier. Definitely. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. So well, so the, the Buddhist element, if you're thinking here like that, like like rebirth, I mean, and I I don't know that much about Buddhism. I mean, I I've <laughs> You know, I took a college course on like Eastern religions and stuff, and I find it all very interesting. But I don't know much about it. Uh, I mean, is that something that uh, in today's modern Buddhism that you believe you are that you get reincarnated as something? Is that, or am I thinking of something else? Um, there, there's so many different sort of uh, sects of Buddhism. Um, definitely, some do believe in reincarnation and rebirth in a like literal sense. Um, there are others who are more like me who are, I guess, more, uh, secular in some ways, uh, definitely Western Buddhists and we have our own lens. Um, 
where we take the more, I guess, John Lanello approach, <laughs> where yeah, right. you're you're reborn in terms of thought and um, feeling and and body, but it's not like you wake up, you die and you wake up as a puppy. You know, you uh, yeah, right, right. Your your <laughs> your thoughts, your actions, your personality um, is constantly changing, and um, in that sense, you're reborn. Um, okay so it's yeah. um it's less uh i guess fantastic okay okay yeah and 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 i guess that wouldn't really apply to this song because he says he's being replaced by someone exactly like him yeah uh, so it's not a puppy <laughs> right <laughs> that puppy is kissing my wife and it, it keeps oh. lapping up all of my drinks dogs me resentful <laughs> That'd be resentful too. Dogs have a killer life, man. Seriously, <laughs> I mean, at least at least the ones that have a loving home. I mean, there are some that do not, unfortunately. But we won't get into that because it's That's, sad. Yeah. Um, my puppy. I I saw your puppy. Did you see mine over here on the stairs? I I have not. Oh, hello, Lila. Lila, lift your head up. Lila's like, oh, hello. <laughs> Yeah, that's her podcasting place. <laughs> She's been resting there a lot while I do these. I want to go up and sleep in bed upstairs. Yeah, my Sorry. My dog has gotten used to sleeping in our bed now, and he just takes up... He's a French bulldog, so he's about 30 pounds. He takes up the space of, like, a 200-pound human. It's ridiculous. That, yeah, that, like, stiff arm that they do. Yes! Like, yeah, like, get, stop kicking me. <laughs> we call it cave painting mode because, like, if you look down at him, he looks like he's a two-dimensional cave painting, like running or something, because of his legs. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, duck out. Yeah, that's great. I like that. I like that. Yeah, two-dimensional dog. So, um, usually around this time, I would move on to like the section where I would try to f- where I would play live versions of this song. But I cannot find any videos of them playing this song. Now we also we talked about before we were recording about how hard to Google the song name "Sleep." Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just I mean, one word titles are always tough anyway. And if it's just like "Sleep," I mean, they already <laughs> have songs: "Sleeping in the Flowers," "Sleepwalkers." They have songs about sleep, "Bed, Bed, Bed." I mean, I just let me okay they. It might be giants sleep live. It's just Nothing. them on stage falling asleep. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's Linnell hasn't had his coffee. Yeah. There's, I, I can't find anything and I couldn't find any covers either. Um, were you able to, did you look for anything? Any, I didn't, did you no, come across anything? I purposely didn't look up like other interpretations and stuff because I didn't want to accidentally plagiarize anybody so I I kind of stayed away from too much googling uh, I didn't want to oh, steal I just stumbled- someone's best ideas <laughs> replace them uh, yeah. I just found out that Less Than Jake did a cover of Boss of Me that's cool I'll save that one make a note of that um, <laughs> so I grew up on a lot of Scott music, so I'm big into that. Um, growing up on Weird Al and They Might Be Giants and Scott music, I'm just a total 
Insufferable dork, really. Operation <laughs> Ivy. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. I all that all that Bay Area stuff. I mean, I I do some recording at Sonic Iguana Studios, which I don't know if you know anything about recording studios, but they recorded uh Mass, who's essentially my boss over there, recorded like at least fifty percent of Lookout Records catalog in the nineties. Lookout Records was the label that Green Day started on and a bunch of those East Bay bands especially were on and some fat records bands. But uh anyway, um I can't find any covers, can't find any live versions. So what the hell? I mean, I don't know. This song will be easy to edit because I only have to drop in two sound clips, the theme of the podcast and the song, Sleep. That means <laughs> that you, you're the one that has to do the cover then, Outdoor Velour. Uh, I could grab my guitar right now and do it. Do it. What do you think? Do okay. it. That's All my right. Darth it's, Sidious uh, it's, impression. <laughs> It's gonna be a it's gonna be a simplified <laughs> version. Um, I mean, I don't know because you're you're on the the Patreon. I don't know if you'd had a chance to listen to the state songs episode yet. I have um, not yet. I did see you posted it, but I did a um, I did a uh, quote unquote live on air uh, version of songs of the fifty states to kind of put my money where my mouth is after that one-star review about how we were mean to YouTubers. And my response to that, essentially, to sum it up, was if you're going to make a recording of yourself and put it on a public forum with any art, if you put a painting up in a gallery, there's going to be some guy that comes by and goes, eh, it's all right. You know, if you publish poems, people are going to like it. People are going to be indifferent. People are going to not like it. That's just the nature of art and art being subjective. So, you know, anyway, I was like, I had, I mean, I even, I even did a two track recording. I had my electric guitar amp over in the other room. I had it already mic'd up for this album I'm recording. And so I sung it just one try. I had just learned it that morning. One try through. Fucked it all up in the middle because it's a very hard song. Very hard. It has a key change and then changes back. Um, and I'm like, hey, uh, give me all the criticisms you want. All my Patreon subscribers tweet at me. The Call me a bitch just like Abby did. <laughs> you little bitch. Fuck that up. <laughs> Fuck that up. Okay, so one thing I've been debating, maybe you should do my backup vocals. What do you think? <laughs> I can't because uh, my vocal, my, I cannot sing for shit. This is why I write poetry and I'm not a singer. It's like my, uh, my voice is awful. Should I try to do the in there while singing the lyrics? Let, let me give it a try. Uh, okay. Mm, okay. Each time I by somebody else in the morning exactly like me going around drinking all my drinks kissing my wife thinking what I think making me resentful but each time I get up in the morning I'm glad I took so 
fantastic. I screwed it up a little bit. Uh huh. <laughs> 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 that was cool. I love the, the silly voices that they put on too, and that's—I mean, there's some songs where they get really silly, but in this one, like, ha 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 ha, that's not like Linnell's natural singing voice. Ha ha ha. He's like he's like ascendant. <laughs> it's like a—it's uh, a weird one. I, I I was curious to see how you would handle the the end sort of I don't know arpeggiation or whatever, but. Yeah, I'd figured out when I was messing around with it. I I hadn't strummed it once on guitar until five minutes before I called you on here. And I was like, oh, I got the little second fret note. It has the, ah, at the, during the outro kind of section. I'm like, I'll just kind of pluck that. And it's very sloppy, but um, it, I liked it a my lot. my own take on it. I'll post it on YouTube and see how many downvotes I get. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? I've been making music for, you know, I'm 37. I've been in bands since I was 14. And I've had my albums reviewed by strangers. I have, you know, we have all our stuff up on YouTube and every other thing. You know, it's it just, you know, washes right over me at this point. You know, I, I, I soak in the praise and I push out the haters and who cares? I just keep making music. You keep, you keep you know? talking about how much you don't care about it. I mean... You, you definitely don't care about it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I just, growing up a, a punk rocker, I just didn't give a crap about what, what the jocks thought of me or the popular kids or whatever. I just did my own thing and I l- looked weird and, and had a mohawk and all these things and they just kind of steered clear of me and I had my friends and we just did our thing and made music in my friend's basement and stayed up playing Super Nintendo and we just lived our own little world. <laughs> I wish I could have done that. Everyone who tries to creep into our little world, I'm just like, yeah, get out of here, dude. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just, you know, and I, I essentially perform in front of children every day. And if you're in front of kindergartners and you can't make a little bit of a fool of yourself, you know, that's not the job for you. I am totally, and maybe hanging out with kids has lowered my inhibition level completely because they will tell you what they think. And if I, you know, if I'm playing a song in front of them on guitar or piano or singing or whatever, and I goof up, I'm just like, whoops, you know, and they laugh and then we continue, you know, you don't make a thing of it. Yeah, I used to teach. Uh, I was a teacher for several different kind of after school programs for creative writing. And Oh yeah, um, yeah. They kids will just flat out ask you shit to your face, and you just kind of mm-hmm. you can't have any ego around yeah. children. Yeah, you know. I think that helps. I mean, this is my fifteenth year teaching. Actually, just today, I had a fourth grader. For some reason, I was like, "How old are you?" And then uh, one of the girls was like, "That's rude." And I'm like, "I don't know. What you know? One of the the." Lady teachers around here might find that rude, but I don't really care. So I said, Connor, how old do you think I am? And he said, 21. <laughs> I'm like, yes. I'm like, dude, you were way off, but thank you. That was great. Yeah, children to a child like 21 is ancient. So. Yeah. They either guess like that I'm 20 or that I'm like 80. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, man, I couldn't grow this, this fine of a mustache when I was 21. That this is didn't a come along till later. Fine, fine mustache. It's a Simpson tradition. <laughs> you were saying, you were saying on the Patreon that you that you thought me and my dad sounded alike. 
I should go through Facebook and I'll, I'll find the picture of my dad. Like I did like, you know, like um, bring your kid to work day kind of thing. I, I had a picture of my dad in his work office where something about the angle or something. When I posted that like throwback picture, everyone was like, that's you. That's not your dad. That's you. Because he had a mustache. My uncle had a mustache. It's a fine tradition. Really, it's just the only place I can grow good facial hair. Because I, I wanted to grow a big lumberjack beard, and it just wouldn't come in right here. Mm. So I was kind of bummed about that. So got the little, this the the Van Dyke, I think, is what you call this. Act, this, what nope. I, this, stu- this stupid thing I've got going on here. <laughs> <laughs> I was a hipster before that was even a Were derogatory yeah. term. And now, uh, now hipster's not even really a... That's kind of been reclaimed by the hipsters, I think. Yeah, whatever. I like cool music. <laughs> yeah, yeah especially know. in San Francisco, the hipsters are gone now. It's just tech bros. Really? Yeah. Huh. There's, well, what's the music scene like? Uh, all the artists are gone. Nobody can afford to live around there. Good point. Yeah, my friend Patrick, actually, you'll hear him on the... Um, on the Anna Ng episode uh, that's about to come out, he grew up in Chicago with me. I'm from Chicago originally, and my wife too. And then he moved to San Fran, um, was don't, there for about three years, and moved back. And it's like, call it nobody San move. Fran. Don't call it San Fran. San Francisco treat, ding, ding. <laughs> okay, so... It's San Francisco or the city. Don't anyway, call it San Anyway, he moved Fran. to... Did he live in San Francisco or Oakland? I think he lived in San Francisco, but he's like, nobody move there. It's uh, it, visit. Don't move there. That's a good. How point. far are you from proper? I'm an hour and a half commute to work every day. So I work in San Francisco. Ooh. So it's about okay. an hour, hour and a half one way. I think you mean San Fran. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that constantly now. Every time I send you a message on Facebook, I'll be like, how's, how's San, Fran? San Fran? How's it doing? How's the rice aroni? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> uh, okay, so is there anything else to say about sleep? I, I mean, we went way over an hour like I knew that we would. I'll probably trim some down. but Please do. Good God. Still. Still. Got to keep the rice aroni pit because... Oh God! Uh, so, uh, any uh, any final thoughts? Anything we haven't covered? Uh, let me look at my notes again. Um, I think. Oh, there was one minor thing. Oh, you got that? anything? Oh no, go for it. Well, I just remember noticing in the credits section on the wiki, Flansburg doesn't play on this song at all. No, vocals John Linnell. Bass, Weinkoff, drums, Marty Beller. Acoustic guitar is Dan Miller. Mm-hmm. And then the keyboards are Linnell. So there's that acoustic guitar in there, but that's Dan Miller. Flansburg is not on the track. This Aww. is technically a John Linnell solo record song. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, how weird is that? I mean, wouldn't you think like both... For it to be an original... For it to be a They Might Be Giants song that both Johns need to be on it? I mean... But I mean, you've not got to the, be like you've got the rest of the band on it. True. No, I'm not saying that makes anything wrong with it. I just find that very curious because I mean, the acoustic guitar part isn't like some shredding thing. Like Dan Miller tends to cover most of the big solos and mm-hmm. stuff, the crazy stuff. Um, but it's just some chords, and I don't know. I just find it curious that like 
or just like Flansburg jump on and like double that part. You know, I don't know. It's just, it just seems weird to just be like, Oh, you guys, yeah, that's fine. Let's go on to the next song. I'll just sit out that one. I wonder, uh, I'm thinking about the other short songs on the album. I wonder if, um, uh, yeah, what's that song? She yeah. didn't kill me. Uh, if Linnell was on that one, you know, it's just Flansburg singing. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm thinking about Black Ops too. Oh, there's mm. the keyboard on Black Ops. Um, didn't kill me. Let's see. Let's just look. Why not? Nouns. Um, I'm gonna look up nouns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, didn't kill me. It's just John Flansburg. Oh wait, no. Yeah, there was keyboard on on nouns. Yeah. So this is yeah. Mm. Just Flansburg. So I guess I guess that makes sense. And if you look back at fingertips, maybe there's some in there too. I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. And we to bring up at the last second of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> were there when you were looking at interpretations? Did uh, anybody Do we talk say about any of this? Did anybody say anything interesting? Um, there. Well, yeah, I guess it's worth a look. Why not? Um. Yeah, I figured, you know, with with some of my guests, I do dig deep into the interpretation just for comedic value. But th- there is sometimes some stuff there. But you had enough to say about the song. I didn't. We don't need to get any interpretations. But um, they bring up the thing. Okay, I'm looking. Kids replacing adults again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, depression affairs. Okay, this this person's saying it could be about someone who sleeps around with other people's wives and worried that his wife's going to cheat on him. He's going to be replaced. Oh, okay. Sure. Okay. All right. Uh, then there's one about most multiple personalities that this person actually has some sort of personality disorder. You know, I guess you could think about it that way. Um, hmm. I, I mean, I guess that's not necessarily too dark for the MIP giants. I think you could, they sing about mental illness and many other capacities. You could Certainly. have someone who's suffering from a, personality disorder um i i think it's interesting though when people interpret stuff they always go to something that's like clinical right yeah <laughs> and i i did it too i guess when i when i was talking about neuroses uh but i i guess that feels more generalized than like multiple personality disorder like <laughs> yeah people throw stuff around that the slightest the drop of a hat like to diagnose people I mean, this is diagnosing a fictional narrator of a yeah. song, so I don't necessarily have a problem with it. But uh, just in general, people like to uh, be like an armchair psychiatrist and uh, diagnose people based on a tweet or something. That's about all there is here for interpretations. Um, there's some other ones that are a little wackier. Someone brings up John Locke, who I don't really know much about, but they link to some book writing on death. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think we need to get into all that. I like, I I think I like where we went with it personally. Yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah. I'm, I'm partial to my own thoughts sometimes. (laughs) Hopefully, you know, when you go to bed, someone doesn't replace you thinking what you think. I hope they do. God. (laughs) Wake up. I'll wake up a brand new person. Wake up and I'm super content. It'll be great. Yeah. Sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah, it's I, I not took, bad. I took, I took that other guy's place. He had to deal with, like, paying the, the water bill. I'm good now. <laughs> <laughs> Today's human doesn't have to take out the trash. 
<laughs> I I do say that a lot actually where like uh my wife's like, "Did you finish putting together that night that nightstand we bought?" I'm like, "Oh, tomorrow Greg will worry about that." <laughs> so I can say like, "Oh, yesterday Greg dealt with that. That was a different guy. That wasn't me. That wasn't me." Okay, so I guess to wrap this thingy up, uh, I'm going to make you score the song. You know that. Uh, you knew that was coming. So uh, a scale of 1 to 10 with decimals, fractions, any in-betweeners being acceptable, what would you score Sleep by They Might Be Giants? Hmm, uh, I, f- I knew it was coming and then I forgot. Uh, so <laughs> I think because there's always room for improvement, I would uh, do 9.9. Oh, very nice. <laughs> um, you really that, like this song, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm serious. When I t- it's great. It's a, it's a good one. Um, but I also don't want to be like, it's a 10, and then they come out with a 10 and have to eat my words. Sure. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the this is, I think it's the 23rd episode I'm recording... I'm not sure which number it's going to air in, but for all the ones I've recorded, I've only given one ten. You remember what it was? <laughs> Wasn't it Doctor Worm? It was. Yeah, yeah. That's the only. That's the only ten I've given, and Anna Ng will be out by uh, the time this comes out. I gave that a nine point nine. Mm-hmm. So those are the two, the standard that I've set, the Michelin standard, and. I need to leave room for another 600 songs to fit in here. <laughs> but <laughs> but I really, really like this song, too. And it's like, can I, you know, do I take points off for it being so short? Why would I? I mean, they have a lot of really good short songs. I mean, under a minute, you know, there's still, they've still written a lot of songs under a minute. But uh, this is maybe my favorite yeah, this is my favorite song of theirs that's less than a minute long, which is going in competition with all the fingertips and the other nano songs, etc. Um I'm gonna give it a solid nine. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hells yeah. So uh I think that'll do it for this episode. Uh, so your your podcast, everyone should check out uh your podcast and is there an episode on the horizon that what, what should they look forward to or or what should they look back at um would you suggest the same episode you suggested to me what should they listen to uh sure uh yes so you can find me on twitter at waves break pod um i also have a facebook page for waves breaking podcast um the, I guess the one that should be coming out this month will be with uh, Alana, Johanna, and her two chapbooks, The Satanic Verses and The Fatbergs. Um, Ooh, The Satanic Verses. Yeah, it's really interesting. She's looking at Lucifer in this kind of like neo-Blakian way of being this like queer anti-hero. It's fascinating. Um, Whoa. And... I, I don't think I'm smart enough to listen to that episode. That sounds like, uh, I feel like, wait, the, the guy with the pointy horns and the tail, the whippy tail? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one. Uh, that's about all I got. Yeah. That's pretty that cool. That sounds cool. That's, that's close. You know, that'll do. Yeah, where's the black tights? Got the hooves? <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of a dollar store costume of the devil. Whoop, that's my guitar. Okay, so, uh, 
yeah, so everyone, uh, go listen to uh, Waves Breaking. I just had my first introduction to it. And what, what episode should I listen to next? Because I listened to June Geringer, the interview. What should I go back to listen to next? I need to know what I should listen to next. Um, what? What's another favorite? I'm trying to think. I'm going to be interviewing a punk pretty soon. So maybe you should listen to that Sweet. one when it comes out. Um, and oh, Andrea sure. Abby Karam has a book they have that is about to be released called Extra Transmissions, um, and they're mm. kind of a, a badass. They're living in New York now, so um, I'll send you that one when it comes out. Uh, but everybody else can just listen to the most recent one. June Garinger is pretty great. Yep, that's one I listened to. It was it was uh, very cool, very cool. And definitely mixing it up from my, I try not to be too one-dimensional, but I really, this music, music, music all the time. So it was cool to listen to something that wasn't about music because that's like all my podcasts too that I listen to. Uh, so yes, very good. So uh, thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks that for having fun. me. I, I hope I didn't ramble weirdly too much. That's what podcasts are for. <laughs> your, your, yours is very tightly edited and... You know, that's cool that you got someone to do that for you because it is tedious. But I, you know, rambling is good. I like rambling. They might be Giants fans, tend to be very uh, verbose, and we like to talk about our favorite band, and that's cool. So, uh, yeah, no, we, we had plenty of fun, and you should come on another episode. What do you think? Yeah, that'd be fun. I'd like to talk about a Flansburg song next time. would be good. All right. Yeah, start thinking about that. So that'll do it for this episode of This Might Be a Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at This Might Be a Pod. Email us, This Might Be a Pod at gmail.com. I always say us because my other podcast is a duo, but you're not getting the emails. I don't know. I could forward them to you if you'd like. <laughs> Email me at This Might Be a Pod at gmail, facebook.com slash This Might Be a Podcast. And uh, leave some voicemails, 224-801-2930. Yeah, that'll do it for sleep, and see y'all later. Yeah.